And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. For today's podcast episode, we I have my good friend Ash with me today tonight, and we're actually going to be reviewing uh, Tim Burton's Beetlejuice. This this is actually one of my favorite Tim Burton movies that happened to come out in the 1980s. And not to mention, it's so iconic I when do. we look at the casting between Eric Baldwin. You also have, uh, of course, Michael Keaton himself as Beetlejuice. This movie is hands down one of my favorite Tim Burton Tim Burton movies. Uh, what about you though, Ash? What did you What do you think of um, Beetlejuice when you think of the casting? I mean, I I definitely feel like they did a great job with casting. Uh, Wyona Ryder as Lydia was beautiful because she she pulls off the autumn peculiar just magnificently, and I feel like Michael Keaton definitely had enough energy to be Beetlejuice. Um, I mean, everyone else was pretty standard. I feel like there uh, there wasn't too much character depth with anyone else other than those two characters. But they they were all good. Right. No one was bad. No, there's there's definitely no bad actors or actresses oh, when you no. look at it as a whole. Because here's the thing, I and here's the thing though, Jana Davis and everything too uh, is just fantastic in this film as well, playing uh, Alec Baldwin's uh, wife, which to me. Tim Burton did a great job of us making us care about certain actors and certain actresses in this movie because without, uh, because here's the thing without Adam, without Barbara and everything, we wouldn't have a real good solid movie in itself, especially the way the film actually opens up. And is it just me or does it feel like it's actually popular where we live at because of the small town community and stuff like that? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes i literally just thought that because i decided to rewatch it before the podcast makes like refresh myself on it and i was just right. thinking that i was like wow this is literally our town <laughs> it, it really is if you actually think about the small town and where we live in and everything especially danny elfman uh, i like how Not it actually sets itself with that right here's the thing i love danny elfman when you look at his scoring i compare him to like a hans zimmer or a john williams and John Williams will always be number one. Danny Elfman will be number three, and Hans Zimmer will be number two for me. But when you look at scoring in the 1980s and the 90s, we always had Danny Elfman. When you look at Men in Black, when you look at Edward Scissorhands, when you look at other films that he did with Tim Burton, it was mm-hmm. right on the money and everything. And also, too, oh, yeah. I liked how this movie opens up with the small town with the toy model. And it's going through each thing. And you don't realize this, but it's actually the town that Adam lives in at that time. And you don't realize that if you watch it for the first time. And then once you actually see that his toy model actually is a smaller structure than uh, the town that he lives in and everything. Mm -hmm. I really like that. I really liked how they made the toy model a character rather than just something that is just one dimensional. Random. Right. Right. I, I fully agree with that. That actually was a very nice, I, I mean, to some it might be a minor detail, but I, I really did like that. Uh, one of the things that actually bothered me in the beginning, though, was um, when they first come back to the house, there's a mirror to the left in the hallway. I pointed to my right, but to the left. And, um, <laughs> it's okay. They can see themselves in the reflection, but then like later on they can't. And I, <laughs> it was just a weird like thing that I guess they didn't really think too deeply about there's a couple of inconsistencies like that actually um there's another scene where the dad is looking through which i can't think of his name at this very moment i'm blanking charles charles yes thank you charles 
Yes. Um, he's looking at that bird book in his office and his ring is like a solid gold band. And then like later on, it's a completely different ring. And you I don't see, know I why never that noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> To be honest with you, I never noticed the inconsistency of the ring or anything like that. There's so when many it- more too. I was picking <laughs> it apart today. Oh, wow. I never noticed though. Then again, I always watch this movie for fun. I never actually oh, yeah. watched it because here's the thing. I've never noticed where you can actually notice the hands whenever they're actually invisible mm-hmm. when they die or mm-hmm. anything like that. Because here's the thing. I'm a huge, huge fan when it comes down to bloopers and stuff like that on mistakes that they make, right. people make. But I didn't yeah. notice that there was actually hand movement with the horse whenever Gina Davis. I never noticed that. I'm mm-hmm. going to have to go back and rewatch it. It's just yeah. me being enticed and glued into this movie after so many years I- of actually watching it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like also you can't like when you watch a Tim Burton movie, any Tim Burton movie, you, you throw logic out the door, throw it away. Right. <laughs> like exactly, you know it's gonna add up. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. It's not meant to. That's no. the artisticness of it. That's what I love about it, though. To be honest with you, and we're not gonna go scene by scene. We're just gonna talk about the film in itself and what we liked and things like that. Okay, but you know, movie. yeah. Because here's the thing: I like having a conversation about this because it's been a oh, yeah. lot. Here's the thing. Even though I don't need to actually watch the film to review it, I know each thing that happens in the movie because that's how many times that I've seen this movie. Same. I didn't have to rewatch <laughs> it. I did it out of choice. <laughs> it's a, hey, it's a great choice to be honest with you, right? Absolutely. No regrets. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I actually have to say I prefer Tim Burton's directing style over the overuse of the CGI that he has out now. Because I like that okay. gothic. Here's the thing: I always like gothic settings, dark tones. He always managed to co- cover that without having to use the overuse of CGI and everything. Right. And with this right. one, he does it so perfect. It, it really was a masterpiece, honestly. It, and it's something uh, that you have to wonder if it came to him in a fever dream. <laughs> right. And get this though: it actually won an Academy Award. Did it really? I did not know that. Yeah. I'm not surprised. I didn't. I didn't know that either until I started doing some research on it, but it was for best makeup. Really? Yeah. It won an Academy I mean, Award for best makeup. It. Yeah, it definitely. Because for its, for its time, that's some beautiful makeup work, honestly. Like, um, one of my favorite parts is when they, like, pull their faces out. That was, like, they did an amazing job <laughs> that was brutal. on that. that looked, yeah, it was. But it, it was clean. It, it looked, looked great. Real. Yeah. I feel like that's um, a very iconic part of it. <laughs> Definitely an iconic part. Then also too, when I, here's the thing. I remember a Pauville hardware store, the old, remember where, Scoot, where next door to Scooters and everything. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, there used to be a hardware store next to it. So the hardware store mm-hmm. to me that Adam goes in looks just like that and everything. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So, I can see that. Yeah. So earlier, I was super confused about that actually because I didn't realize that the hardware store was theirs and that it had their last name on it. Like I didn't notice that until this go round of watching it because the, this whole mm. time that I've watched this movie, out of all the times I watched it, I've been like, did he really just walk into a random hardware store and just right. start picking stuff up? But then like today, I watched it and I realized it has their last name on it. So I suppose that's what his occupation was was owning the hardware store. Right. Because here's the thing, I didn't know that either. Because I was like, and I was thinking the same thing though too. I'm like, wait, so is this how that open? 
I'm like, so I, I get the fact that this is the 80s and everything, but is this hardware store that open to people yeah. coming in and taking Just random stuff? <laughs> but we used to have a store called TWL, which is take take what's left. But five figure discount every day. <laughs> right, exactly. But you know, I, I thought that like I said, once again, toy model all the way, because even with that little bridges, it's even in the model set. Yeah. And then of course you have the dog that mm -hmm. he, they wind up seeing the dog. Adam winds up, uh, <laughs> you know, pretty much going off to the side of the uh, barn. That's what I'm going to mm -hmm. call it. Like a barn uh, shaped bridge. And I've never seen anything then, like that in my life. <laughs> me either. And I've been still searching for a town that had something like that. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. If I find one, I'm going. I don't care if I Let die me know, or not. Let me know. Because I like to know, to be honest with you. Uh, of course, yeah. Got you. But but yeah, then all of a sudden, he's they're hanging off the edge of the bridge. And then that's when the dog winds up uh, killing them. <laughs> they wind up drowning to death. And then they yeah. come home. And then that's when we wind up seeing like we mentioned before with the whole horse thing and things like mm -hmm. that. And then, you know, the thing that amazes me is all of a sudden now they have that handbook for the recently deceased. And then mm -hmm. of course they are not allowed to even leave their home or anything like that because of the sandstorm, sand, right. sandworm and stuff like that. And I, it made me think on a peril, paranormal aspect of it now. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, what if, Ghosts can't leave because there's actually something that's actually stopping them. I went on a psychological <laughs> type of thing you know, to it. it. It had me thinking about it too, because um, you know, in a in a lot of a lot of movies, they say that like there's usually an attachment to something, and not just in movies. Like we're talking, people in real life will even say this that like ghosts attach to a specific object or they're left unfinished behind business. because they have unfinished right, right. So it's like. Is it that or is it kind of like in the movie where there's physically something stopping them and in, in their way? Right. But let's just talk about the sandstorm for a minute, though. That thing yeah. looked, even though it's like stop clay animation style, the, going back and looking at it, it still looked gruesome for when, its time. When the, when the worm first starts like rising up and you like see the bumps in the ground, but you don't quite see mm -hmm. the worm yet, just like where he's moving. That was so crazy cool to me. Like even as a kid, that was still super crazy. Like, I don't know. I used to have nightmares about that scene. I loved Beetlejuice, but I used to have like repeat dreams about that part. <laughs> and you see, I've actually had like, if I was to reboot, uh, Beetlejuice and everything. I used to. Have, I have those kind of dreams, yeah, <laughs> and everything. Yeah. To be honest with you, I actually have updated dreams of rebooting Beetlejuice. <laughs> but you know, I thought that that scene alone get, still gives me goosebumps. Still creeps me yeah. out. Also, too, yeah. when you look at the door where your the kitchen door is and everything, and then you see a light underneath it, it mm -hmm. makes it, it goes between the the uh, portal of living and dead, right from life and death. And then all of a sudden, if it wasn't for Gina Davis saving him, which is Barbara saving his butt, he would have been eaten up by the sandstorm, uh, sandworm. But my other question is this. If they're dead, where would they actually go from there? That's what That's I was another thinking. Thing. That's what I was thinking. Um, like, what do they kick you out of the afterlife? Like, do you just go to blackness? <laughs> right. Like, nothing? Like, you're no, dude, you broke. Like, when um the lady there 
caseworker. Yeah. Yeah. Their caseworker. Whenever she was telling them that they were uh, in trouble for like letting Otho get the handbook and the pictures, I was like, what are you going to do to them though? Like, what are you really going to do to them? They're dead. What are you going to (laughs) do? Like, exactly. But, you know, I definitely liked, uh, everything about this movie works in its own way, especially the characters. Uh, But then also, too, you have these new people that come in and everything, and basically, Adam and his wife, Barbara, are both getting used to the fact that they're they're dead. And they have to face the reality, hey, look, we're dead. There's no coming back from that. Then all of a sudden, her friend winds up selling the house to these other strange people. Which happened very fast, might I add. Well, it's the 80s. I mean, they didn't really have time to build on anything. It's like, bam, there it is. But although you also don't, they don't give you a time frame, though, of how long they've been dead, though. How long have they been coping? That is true, because they did say that they were in the waiting room for, like, I think three months, and it didn't feel like that to them. So, I mean, it could have been a much longer time than it seemed. It kind of goes back to True Blood in a way. Like when Suki goes over to the fairyland and the fairyland's time is different than our time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that would kind of make sense, though. I feel like if you were dead, time probably would be different, though. Um, Right. Because time's relative, I suppose you could say. So one thing that kind of gets me is the very end of the movie, honestly. Um, Where did Lydia's parents go? (laughs) Like they're cool with ghosts just raising their kids. (laughs) Exactly, because one minute, uh, that's just the transformation of it, though, right? Because yeah. you have Beetlejuice who scared the living pants off of them, especially Artho, pun intended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but you know, then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I guess we have no choice but to let our daughter be halfway possessed and be raised by ghosts. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> but, and then also, too, his wife's also making model-sized Beetlejuice heads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With her sculpting, <laughs> which her sculpting is very odd and very goth-like, though. I honestly, to me, I find it funny that um, they paint her to be a terrible sculptor. Like, uh, when her agent is telling her, oh, I've spent all this money on you, blah, blah, blah. It's They're painting her to be, like, this terrible sculptor. But, like, honestly, looking at her sculptures and looking at things that are genuinely in real museums, it's kind of like, is she, though? Is right. she a terrible it's sculptor? Or do you stuff. just not like it? Yeah, it is cool stuff. Like, some of it, I'm going to be honest, I would keep in my house. Like, that weird, uh, kind of almost looks like a palm of a hand, but it's got, like, things that she gets trapped under. Yeah, kind of like a claw that's type cool. of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I would have that in my house. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> but, you know, I, it goes under art. Art is like this, is subjective. Oh, absolutely. So, someone, so maybe, you know, to someone, it may look like a piece of crap. But to them, they would spend thousands of dollars on it because they actually look like it's fancy. It's mm-hmm. something that they would actually put in their own home. So, therefore, they would actually pay, pay over $1,000 for something like that. I feel like Lydia, I feel like Lydia, that would be Lydia's type of art. Cause like you said, it's very Gothic Mm -hmm. looking and Lydia was Mm -hmm. very Gothic. And I feel like it would have been cool to see her almost like find a relation to her mom or her stepmom through Mm -hmm. that because their relationship never grew or got better. No, ever. No, because, because remember Lydia also too wanted to kill herself. 
Yeah, yeah, she did. And the, it's so. very dark for a movie, though, if you think oh, about it. I mean, yeah, absolutely. But I find it crazy Lydia, that they were even hmm. able to make it a children's cartoon, honestly. We're going to get to that in a few minutes, too, because I do want to talk about the children's cartoon, because I grew up with the children's cartoon as well. Yeah. Um, especially on Nickelodeon and stuff like that. But um, here's the thing, though. When it comes down to Lydia... There is something that I can say as far as art goes, if you want to count the way that she's talking in her suicide letter. Yeah. It's, it's an, it's an arti artistic, poetic kind yeah. of suicide letter. And you can tell that she really like thought it through because she started writing it and then ripped it up and was like, no, I want to add more to it, which I, right. uh, from what I remember, all she had gotten from the original letter was I'm alone. And then she ripped it up or crumpled it, whatever, and then wrote, I'm utterly alone and continued the letter after <laughs> that. So like, clearly she was really thinking about it. You know, it wasn't right. just like a quick scribble out and right leave it there it was like something she was genuinely trying to turn into uh like almost poetry like you said right because i feel like she has an artistic side because we see yeah. her artistic side from her because she's taking photographs and also too just i know that the suicide letter is kind of poetic but and also really dark but for a suicide letter but at the same time you know, she does have a poetic side. She does have a creative side as well with the pictures. And, she, and you know, she also has the paranormal thing, though, too, going for her because she is only the weird and unusual can see ghost. Right, right. Which is a cool thought, honestly. A very cool thought that, like, almost if you... If you... Allow your mind to be open to that, then you're able to see it. Right. And I also think it has a lot to do with innocence as well. Um, because the little like... girl saw something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's in a that's in a lot of movies. Mm -hmm. I I find it strange that um they when they go back to get basically chewed out about letting Otho get a hold of the book and the pictures, when they come back, they're able to see them. So whoever has the power to make you a to make people who are still living able to see the dead. I find that odd that it was like something they could like flip in and out. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because I thought there would, since it's a handbook for the recently deceased, I thought only the recently deceased would be able to see that book, not someone. Right. Because that's another cliche. Here's the thing. That's also another insignificant, or what's the word I'm thinking of? But it's one of those things where I feel like they did. To me, it didn't really make sense for people of the living to mm -hmm. have a handbook for the recently deceased. Right. Like, why would they even be able to see it? You know. Um, right. That is odd. I didn't think about that. That is very odd. It would make sense for Arthur to see it. Yeah, because, because he's into that. Be, yeah, he he's into the strange and unusual. So, but what doesn't make sense is why he hadn't seen them at any other point. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. He, that I don't know. It. I feel like Otho would have been able to see them just as much as Lydia. Right. Because, because think of it like this. Well, not only that, but when they move in, 
when they're picking their rooms, when they decide what they want to do with their rooms, right? Artho is going into the closet, and that's when Gina Davis and she's is hanging there. Right, and then she pulls off her face and turns into a skeleton, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, she nobody even notices her because you're like that, yeah. and no one even notices or anything. And I'm like, okay, and going back on it and everything with Arc, though, I'm like, yeah, you're supposed to be able to see that, buddy. Uh, are you just ignoring it, or what's going on? But right, and then right. like, are you closing yourself off? <laughs> right. But then there's also the husband, though, too, with the bird watching and stuff like that. And it's like he wants to invest in a parking lot. And, and oh, other yeah. Stuff. Yeah, free parking. Yeah. Uh, but Sound, sounds like people in Poplarville. Right? Charles. Uh, everybody is a has a has a Charles in them. Let's, Especially, let's buy this random plot in the middle of town and put a stage on it for no reason. Perfect example. The courthouse <laughs> was an empty parking lot. <laughs> and then they're like, you know what? This thing could courthouse really be used. Let's go in and extend that courthouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any freaking sense. But, you know, uh, I just call that Charles's ar architect. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I'm you know, calling it. <laughs> right? But you know, um, then of course, you know, you also have Delilah, which is the stepmother. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I like how sh they go room to room, and then they're following each other from place to place. And I like the how she looks at Adam, how Barbara looks at Adam's like, we can't have these people living on our house. And there's also dust everywhere too because they haven't been because yeah, no one's there to clean out for years and there's actually still furniture there's his model and everything else but i like how she looks at him in distress she's like we can't have these people living here we have to get away think of a way to get rid of them and that's when they think of trying to scare them where basically mm -hmm. barbara winds up hanging herself and then i get this i actually had the beetlejuice action figures and everything as a kid really yeah they used to sell them at walmart and mm -hmm. There was even this one with Adam with the uh, the headless Adam. I had one of those, but my dog yeah. chewed it when I was younger. <laughs> but I like the headless Adam on the movie, though, too. Because mm -hmm. he's like, oh, shoot, I forgot to lock the attic door. Next thing you know it, you see <laughs> this. <laughs> he's just a book <laughs> and he was running. <laughs> My I would love to see is, the making of that on how they did that. <laughs> honestly, honestly, like it must have been so funny filming in general. Just the whole movie must have been hilarious to film. I want to look. I was actually thinking about looking up some bloopers after because I'd really, I'd really like to see that. Um, one thing that gets me is when they go to the waiting room. If you notice, everyone looks almost like monsterish, if you will, mm -hmm. like green skin. Um. Some of them look more like Decay. the way they would die. Yeah, yeah. But Adam and Barbara look perfectly fine. They're not blue. They don't look like they've been drowned out. You know, um, there's no, like, water leaking out of them anywhere. No decomposing. It, it's just odd that they are the only ones that look perfectly fine. You know? Well, I'm just wondering. I know some movies do this. But I'm thinking, what if... 
they're able to see them in that kind of way, but we're not. Oh, okay. See, that would make a lo- that would make a lot of sense actually, if like they're seeing each other like that or whatever. Right. Maybe in their universe and everything, they can see them as who they really are. But in our eyes, we we only can see them as humans, as you and I, flesh and blood. That's you know, pretty, that's a pretty good theory. That's a pretty good theory. But that's just that. a theory. Uh, but then there's also the football players that die. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Hey, coach. Hey, coach. Where's the bathroom? <laughs> Look, I'm not your coach. <laughs> she was getting so mad. She was right. so mad. I mean, I kind of would have been too, honestly. I'd have to look them boys dead in the eye and be like, you're dead. Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> look, I'm not your coach, and you don't have to use the bathroom anymore. Get over it. <laughs> you don't hey, got a pee, dude. <laughs> no, you don't have any bodily functions. <laughs> Could you you imagine if you were dead and you still had to go pee? I would be infuriated. (laughs) Right? It's like, you know, your brain is telling you, hey, look, you have to use the bathroom. But in reality is you have to try to overwrite your brain from saying that you have to use the bathroom. (laughs) Right. Like it's just old habits left in your brain. Right. But then I like how the caseworker brings brings them through all the death and, and everything else, too. And then also, too, the file room makes me laugh and everything, too. Yes. The guy with the file, Mm -hmm. uh, which is played by Cameron Flippy Flippy, as the messenger. And he played in – he actually played in The Wedding Singer with Adam Sandler. Yeah, yeah. um, And a couple of other movies. The Wedding Singer is a great movie also. Yeah. Love it. It really is. But, you know, I'd love – he goes, hey, going to hang around here? And he's actually on a hanger, <laughs> and he goes through the yeah. little crack. <laughs> or, or when, uh, when they stop and ask, he's like, "How do I look? We don't have mirrors on the other side, right?" And then they're but, like, but, "Great, you look great." <laughs> right, but here's the thing: let's talk about the introduction into Michael Keaton's character, Beetlejuice. We captured everybody else, I feel like, but we need to go on ahead and get into the meat and potatoes of. Beetlejuice, though, because I like how the TV turns on, and there he mm-hmm. is in the model, <laughs> in mm-hmm. in the cemetery, and he's as the cow, and he's dressed up in a rodeo like T-shirt, and yeah. <laughs> then he goes, "Come on, Pilgrim, come on down over here, and everything. I'll show you what you need to do to be alive." And then, <laughs> and then, and then he winds up, and then he goes, "Ooh, I got my boots shaking," and then he pulls. <laughs> He lays down on the ground and starts shaking his leg. It's just a funny scene, though, to be honest with you. Almost all the scenes that were, like, to his point on were hilarious. Um, I find it odd that in the, like, towards the beginning when he first comes, he raises his hand out the ground and he catches, well, both of his hands, and he's uh, luring that bug in with that piece of candy and he eats it, right? But then when they're trying to get, like, summon him, they're digging him up out of the ground. If he was able to raise his hands up out the ground, why did he need them to dig him up out of the model? Because I think... It's Beetlejuice, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it could have just been for gags, honestly. I think that's what he, he was doing, is like doing it for shits and giggles, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, just, just making them work harder, honestly. That makes Right, yeah. that exactly. Makes <laughs> and then, of course, you see the coffin. I lo- To be honest with you, I always love the cemetery scene. Yes. To me. I'll, I'll, but here's the thing. 
I always love horror movies and cemeteries. I always love seeing cemeteries and stuff like this. Absolutely. Especially in a toy model, which makes me even mm -hmm. laugh even more. Because he's messing up his own model just to get to Beetlejuice's coffin. Yeah, something that and, he clearly worked very hard on. <laughs> right. And then here he is. He finally gets to the coffin. And all of a sudden, he just shoots up. And then it <laughs> floats up and everything. And goes, <laughs> and just. And just glides his way over to them. And then I and then I also like the whole entire scene where he hugs Adam. Yeah. He goes, hey, man, hey man, we shop at the same store. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like trying to be like, we shop at the same store. We should get along. Come on now. Um, I love when he spins his head around. He's like, ah, oh, don't you hate when that happens? <laughs> <laughs> and he, he goes, they keep on telling me um, to sit down and be quiet. But and I guess can't stop laughing or something like that. I forgot what the actual quote is. And then also too, uh, he also does another thing where he winds up making the uh, these things yeah, pop out of his yeah, like snake-like looking things <laughs> pop yes. out of his head. He scares the ever living daylights out of Adam and right. um, Barbara. And then he goes, uh, Bob, I think we're just going to handle this one ourselves. Goes, Come on, <laughs> yeah, like, where are you going? We're like family. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when he goes, come on, come on. We shop at the same store. And then all of a sudden you see him dressed up like Adam whenever he hugs them. Yeah, and he's got like this huge beer gut going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which that, is just fantastic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then uh, he winds up saying, this is what he winds up saying, though, too. He goes, it keeps on getting funnier and funnier every single time I sit down. <laughs> and... Uh, I actually had a lot of Beetlejuice stuff though growing up. Like I was obsessed with Beetlejuice to the and everything. And Burden was a fascination for me growing up in general. Right. I mean, um, uh, I don't know. I like you said, I love gothic things. I really do. Um, and Tim Burden, I feel like, was one of the most like on key and par with continuing gothic theme instead of doing just like one movie or one TV show that was kind of gothic and everything else being not gothic. Like all of his things had got at least gothic hints to it, which I absolutely love. Same here as well. The gothic themes, I feel like he's always gotten right. Oh yeah. All it's except his, it's his forte. It definitely is. But I just wish that he would actually do practical when it comes down to his newer movies because he shines a lot in his practical stuff versus his CGI stuff. I agree. That's just my I opinion. I totally agree. Oh yeah. And then also too, another thing I liked was when after they get ready to leave and everything, mm -hmm. then he winds up looking, then he Beetlejuice goes on ahead looks at him and goes, Hey, I gotta go. And he looks and then there's the, uh, Whore Hotel, the Bordello. Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up because I find this odd. So Beetlejuice is sitting there talking, like he's standing there and he goes, where can a guy like me find a good time or something of the sort? I don't remember the right. exact quote. But then later when they go to talk to their caseworker, the caseworker says that the whorehouse was her idea. So Beetlejuice just knew that he a whorehouse was about to pop up. You know what I'm saying? I think it was just an idea. I, I, I think it might have I think Beetlejuice was just thinking maybe he was thinking it up himself versus the caseworker yeah. doing it yeah. because the caseworker can actually 
uh, has a way of moving things without anybody else knowing. That is so true. he could have actually thought it out. Hey, when a guy like me can find a good time. Next thing you know, there's a whole. It's like watching the Beetlejuice animated show, it right? It's like watching the animated yeah. show, right? All of a sudden, it just pops up out of nowhere, and there it is. There's a bordello. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I also like it when it leaves. When Adam and them leaves, though, too, because hey, nice effing model. <laughs> <laughs> and that was like the yeah. only f bomb and that they had in the whole movie. <laughs> I love they yeah they use their one f bomb on that part. <laughs> I love that um, Barbara looks at Adam and is like, "Why would you build that in your model?" And he's like, "I didn't." Like she had never seen the model before. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been funny if Beatrice it was his idea. He did it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but... just like Adam. He'd be up in this every day. He over here blowing money. <laughs> right, exactly. Be like GTA, throw him dollar bills. <laughs> Make it rain. Make it rain. Right. But also, too, uh, that needs to be a meme now where basically. <laughs> I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it a thing. But, you know, another thing, though, too, I find that's funny is when Lydia finds Beetlejuice, he's on one of those little plastic chairs. He's just chilling. Out, out on that top balcony, like he just got done uh, having amazing sex with all these other people and models and everything, and he's like over yeah. there on top of the bardillo. He goes, yeah. "Look, I, I can help you, but you gotta do something for me. Like, I need to get out of here." <laughs> he goes, "Yeah." And she's like, "Well, what's your name?" He goes, and then he all of a sudden he starts uh, throwing charades. Well, I, I just can't want tell to say he's an <laughs> awful charades player. I would have never, not ever been able to guess what the hell he was talking about. Like, props right. to Lydia for figuring it out. Right? He goes, okay. And then I'll, I like how they did like the floating orange juice. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, juice. And then there's a beetle. He goes, hey, how are you? <laughs> and then I don't. <laughs> right. I don't if he hadn't like made a physical beetle pop up behind her, I genuinely don't think she would have ever been able to catch the beetle because like no. And here's the thing. I thought that he would actually do something like that, but to her, to him, he has to use her and everything because she has a little bit of innocence to her in a right. sense. So yeah. and he actually she he she actually understands the paranormal stuff versus her parents who doesn't understand her. Right. So he's like, I know how I can get to Adam and Barbara mm -hmm. and everything. Mm -hmm. I'll use her to get to them. So yeah. it becomes like an antagonist kind of way. Yeah, and it's it's definitely like, um, I don't know, I don't want to, preying on the innocent almost, if you will, and using like, uh, I feel like he used her insecurities with not having a good relationship yep. with her parents to like convince her, to, convince her to um, say his name marry three him. times, yeah, and marry him. <laughs> Which, and that was like going to be a very abusive relationship if you look oh, at it. Yeah, for sure. I, I love when he pulls out the ring and it's still attached to someone's finger, and she's just like, "Oh," and he, she meant nothing to me, baby. I promise. <laughs> she meant nothing for me. It was like she meant nothing to me, baby. I swear, you're the only one for me. Here, hold this for a minute. Hold this thing here. <laughs> it reminds me of like a mob boss. <laughs> In a sense, it's like, I swear, she didn't mean nothing to me, baby. Here, let me go. I just got done whacking this guy, but hold on. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> right. But still, I mean, that scene just works. And then also, too, instead of a white dress, she has a red dress on and Which everything, I too. So I love. I 
one thing that's weird about that scene um, is that when she's trying to say his name and then like he covers her mouth to stop her and then Adam's like teeth start going, he lets go of her mouth and starts trying to stomp Adam's teeth. Why she didn't yell his name then when like nothing was stopping her, but she still didn't say it didn't make sense to me at all. Me either, to be honest with you. Uh, but also, too, that was also that also time. That that time. Uh, Hi, guys. Hey. Sorry, I'm a little <laughs> late. I had some technical difficulties. It's okay. But uh, we were just talking about how Adam uh, was trying to, wasn't it whenever he was trying to say her name? Hi. I'm still trying to get everything connected pretty much. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about when his teeth were going. Right. Which I thought was hilarious, though, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, at, at that time, though, remember, he was trying to get them to shut up. Because remember, that was actually the time of them decaying and everything, too. Yeah. Yeah, he was trying to get them to shut up. And... I, I just find it weird that she's sitting here struggling, trying to yell his name, and he covers her mouth. Then he takes his hand off her mouth, and she doesn't try to yell his name at all. Is is? I thought he would. She would actually. Why wouldn't bite? you yell it? Well, right. he's preoccupied trying to do something else. Right. Right. That's what you would have expected. Yeah. Of him. <laughs> Why didn't she bite him? Great question. <laughs> <laughs> That that was kind of weird though, just for her not to bite yeah, him or anything. Yeah, Lydia seemed very feisty to me, you know. Especially when she has enough, she has enough. She knows how to stand up for herself and everything too. Which I guess biting him probably really wouldn't hurt him or affect him very much. No, since basically he can't really oh, yeah, feel absolutely. anything since he's dead. <laughs> I love that they uh, gave Lydia back bone and that she wasn't like a pushover character same as well what about you though uh, babe? personally she's my favorite character besides Beetlejuice out of the movie so the mom <laughs> I can kind of see why she she kind of wants to be the outcast because her mom's kind of this preppy stuck up person you know so I think we might be lagging again the audio yeah. Might be a off. Yeah. Hold on one second. Hey, babe. Try at closing out and then coming back in real quick. Okay. All right. A minute. All right. Okay. So, basically, another thing though too is I know that we mentioned about the name and everything too. Where basically what winds up happening. Um, where she, the, once again, playing the charades and stuff like that. And then, of course, you know, I think that the other scary thing, though, to me, was when finally she winds mm -hmm. up getting it, and then all of a sudden, he turns into a snake on the banister. Yeah. Mm. 
I was just about to say that actually that that was a very terrifying part to me because I would literally pee myself if I was holding a banister and it turned into a snake. I think so too. I would actually pee my pants knowing that, that I, something that horrible. I wouldn't want right. to feel the sliminess. Well, not sliminess, but the just weird feeling of snake skin under my hand. <laughs> same, same as well. And then another thing though too, which is crazy because was... I'll I'll play with snakes like snake, and it's not supposed to be. <laughs> exactly and then also too you know it's weird all of a sudden now the deets can actually see beetlejuice and everything too because now mm -hmm. i think it's the fact that beetlejuice can make himself known and everything at that point but instead of the at first they were going to go on him and leave and then also too I also liked it as well at the dinner table with that scene with Deo. Yes. Yes. I love that scene. <laughs> and they're possessing them, but oh. it's not in the way that it's scary. <laughs> right. And it's really not scary. And you can, it's weird to me because it's not scary, but in all honesty, if you went to dinner at one of your friends' house, right, and you're sitting there, and all of a sudden, you start uncontrollably dancing and singing, I don't know that I'd want to go back. I don't know that I'd want to sit there any longer. As soon as I had control over my body, I'd be gone. <laughs> but not them, though. Not the deets, because the deets, no, remember. Them. No, they're like, you know what? Maybe we should go ahead and do this again sometime. I'm Let's like, invite them what? <laughs> You know what? Let's invite and, this ghost to take over our body again. Hope it doesn't kill us this time either. Right. All we did was sing a little bit, do a little lip syncing, and just danced around the table. Yeah, it was that's, fine. That's normal. It was fine. It's perfectly normal. And then yeah. that's when Beetlejuice, of course, he goes, Ah, oh, you guys are real party animals, huh? Well, let me just show you what a pro does. And then that's when he turns into the snake and everything. But, you know, I just feel like that they don't know how to scare people because they did the blankets with the eye uh, with the ghost with the eyes and everything right with the Which sheets is the most unscary ghost thing that you could possibly do now if they would have actually did did pull their eyes out and stuff like that like they did in front of lydia that would have yeah. worked yeah right i mean even if it was i feel like okay even if you're pulling your face out and it's under the sheet, that's still going to look quite alarming. You know what I mean? Because you're going to go from like flat face to like plague doctor right. looking stuff, you know? Right. That's, I also like how, exactly. And also liked how Adam's nose, he was having a hard time putting his nose back in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I couldn't and, imagine that'd be easy. <laughs> right. But I also like how they're the voice of reason when it comes down to Lydia. It's like, look, mm. life is worth living. You do not need to kill yourself, or otherwise it's gonna, you're going to be stuck like we are. Right. And everything. And we're having no fun. <laughs> exactly. But then I also liked how the very end of it is, where you have them doing that wedding and stuff, and then you have Adam inside the model that's trying to race over to the wedding chapel and stuff like that. And then you also have it where uh, Barbara's trying to say his name. First, he winds up taking the mm -hmm. zipper and throws the zipper mm -hmm. at her. And then and she, she like, unzips her mouth. It. And then he throws this uh, steel plate at her. 
on her mouth. And then he, she can't even say his name or anything like that. And then after that winds up happening, they wind up doing the seance and everything too. And Which the was seance the thing, idea. right. I feel like at that moment, we actually get to see what they actually look like when they're dead. Yes, now we get to yes. see what the other characters got to see. Yeah. Um, I I think that their makeup for that scene was actually really well done also, which we already discussed that the makeup was done beautifully, but it just, it still catches me in awe seeing it. Me too. It was also real, to be honest with you. Oh yeah, um, Great job. But, you know, another thing though too is I like how Lydia goes over to the table. He goes, will you help me? He goes, dusting off his... <laughs> Jackie goes, yeah, but there should be a couple of conditions. What? For one thing, I gotta get out of this model. Another thing is, I gotta get married. So, you gotta. So you gotta marry me. <laughs> so. <laughs> so you got a bridesmaid picked out or not? <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, we were just talking about the whole entire marriage proposal thing that uh, Beetlejuice did. Yeah, and if I remember right, at first she said she she says yes to getting married to him, just to save, uh, just to save Adam and Barbara. Yeah, yeah, to save both of them. She does. Yeah. I feel like Am in her mind through? she was like, if I say yes now, yeah. I I won't have to do it later, and I'll figure out a way to send him back before the time comes right because she but also too she didn't know the destruction yeah you're coming on you're coming along great to be honest with you i can hear you fine. good yeah uh but yeah i think at that time though too i feel like she didn't know what kind of destruction beetlejuice was actually going to cause right so because we only saw him as like a little small figure that can only do so much. We didn't see him as a human being can do this much destruction. Yeah, I can hear you really well. Good. Okay. <laughs> I can hear you fine, babe. You're great. All right. So Yeah, she had no idea what was up ahead of her. Uh, going Very unharmful, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you Definitely. saw the comment that I made earlier that I was kind of shocked at in the beginning when the, the right. first time I ever saw it, that she didn't freak out when she seen these people who she knew were dead people who were goats. You know? Right. That's that's another thing, though, too. But also, too, remember, we uh, let's see, Ash and I talked about this a little bit, but remember, Lydia was also gothic. Over here. <laughs> right. Lydia was also gothic, and she was um, also able... Did... Mm. Going ahead. You're good, you're good. Okay, so basically, Lydia was able to see paranormal events and stuff like that. And she could see the uh, strange and unusual, which is something that the guidebook pretty much said. So that made me believe that she could see them versus that what her parent why, why she wasn't so scared. But that's just me thinking. 
that is well, yeah. odd, I but, but I feel like nothing. they explain that with. Yeah. Oh, that's odd. Okay. Um, <laughs> I especially like the part when they dress up in the sheets and try to scare her parents and they, they honestly are scared of the people in the sheets. Right. But I know that Ash and I covered this a little bit, but, you know, with the sheets and everything, you know, they thought that they could actually scare them because of the fact that they were in sheets. But here's the thing, though, with their with their parents and everything, I feel like, too, that I also feel like, in a sense, that the, they weren't going to be scared of that because it's just something that is so cliche, to be honest. I don't think that they would have actually actually be scared of something like that. But, you know, then, of course, they wind up taking the Polaroids. It's okay. It's, <laughs> I'm glad that you returned. Uh, but, yeah, I just feel like at that scene, whenever those rich people came in and everything, too, that they were actually trying to figure out a way to make money off of their house and make a profit off of dead people. And everything too. And then once you see the Polaroids and say, hey, look, there's no feet underneath these sheets. That's when they got a little creeped out and everything, but not to the point where they wanted to run out. And then, of course, once we get into the entire thing where you see the rich people and stuff like that standing around with Lydia and then Beetlejuice comes up underneath that mm -hmm. table, that's where they really start getting frightened. You're talking about too. the scene where they all sitting around the table eating dinner? No, there's actually, there was another scene, like, towards the end, where right. she, Lydia winds up saying her name, like, three times. And then, of course, you see the model, mm -hmm. where Peter just rises up from the model. Because that's when he goes, he has his famous uh, line, it's showtime. And then, that's when, that's when it hap that happens. I don't know if you remember that one or not, that part or not. <laughs> I do. It's just been a long time since I've seen it. So okay, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, but do do y'all like the part where he they're all sitting around the table and he all of a sudden the fingers reach uh, up to the plate I, and grab I him in the face? <laughs> yeah, fair. That's why I rewatched it today so I'd be fresh just, up on it. <laughs> Right. But yeah, I think that the iconic dinner scene was always my one of my favorite things, though, to be honest, too. It's so iconic. Then also, too, whenever the... Oh, we actually didn't talk about that when we talked about the table scene. But yeah, I love yeah. that part. But yeah, that whenever the hand... Yeah, all we talked about was the fact that they were dancing and stuff like that. And then finally, when the song finishes, the hand winds up grabbing them grabbing their faces and diving it into the uh the the dinner and everything which I thought was hilarious. Can you hear her cuz I can't. It's a delay real quick. Yeah, um, but it's fine. She's okay. gonna I'm just giving her a chance, the chance for the sound to come through. That's all. It's a okay. short delay. 
but let's try let's try something real quick too um i know that uh let's mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying to think what to do here if you want to try babe try uh leaving out one more time just to see if it there's a and delay the hand or looks really like great like the way they made it look like it was actual um it's was a shrimp or lobster or something like that. I don't remember which one, but like it actually looked like seafood was pretty good. Yeah, the sea. Okay. Uh, yeah, the I seafood really part. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. It's okay. It's it's perfectly fine. Things like this happen sometimes, so it's out of our out of the out, out of our control. Sometimes it's fine. Tech problems. <laughs> But it's it's all good. Um, but yeah, then of course what winds up happening too, I liked how, like I said before, we wind up having the part where basically the from the model and everything, that's when Beetlejuice rises up and he goes, Step right up. And like a carnival ride and everything and stuff like that, going up to the carny and things like that. I thought that was hilarious. And then of course, uh they said then of course he gets the rich people and everything and he winds up taking the uh, hammer and knocking them up and out of uh, pretty much he makes them go uh, makes them fly out of the house through the ceiling <laughs> yeah yeah technical yeah for sure <laughs> but yeah um But yeah, then of course, then you have Artho, who goes, "Hey, fat boy, where you going?" And then he winds up taking the uh, taking his hands and everything and acting like he's shooting him. And then that's when his clothes fall off. And then of course, we wind up seeing that scene where mm -hmm. Adam is trying to rush to uh, you know Lydia's side and everything to try and stop the wedding from even happening. Yeah, which that would have been enough to scare me off forever honestly right if you think about it though having a relationship with beetlejuice that. right but if you think about it though having a relationship with beetlejuice is a lot like having a relationship with the joker it's very it's very uh was poisonous if you think about it mm -hmm. but you know after a while yeah you get a few laughs but at the same time you're also <laughs> You're pretty much being uh, right. abused at the same time. Uh, I f thinking about it now. I didn't think about this earlier. What's that? So that again? Yeah. For sure, very toxic. But I'll let's see. I think you're say something now, babe. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. But yeah, all in all, though, I think that yeah, you know, I mean, this movie. Yeah. Realistically, the whole marriage to Lydia what was making. Lydia pawn so he could have freedom pretty much exactly and then also too pretty much 
putting her under lockup if you think about it because Am, are we once still he has pretty bad uh try leaving real quick and then coming back in it may actually straighten out like that sorry about that i do apologize it's okay um can y'all hear me pretty good i can hear you fine it, are we still okay. uh... Um, I know the part oh, that really kind of shocked me a little bit was when they were getting, when he was marrying her and you notice as, as they said, each part of the vows, they both were deteriorating moment by moment. Right. They're both deteriorating moment by moment and stuff like that. And then, you know, that's when of, of course, you know, where Lydia winds up seeing, Hey, look, they're dying. As, and that's during that seance with Arthur, whenever they see the decaying and stuff like that, which allows me to think that this goes back to the receptionist part of where Ash and I were talking about, where basically we wind up seeing them, we see them as human, but I'm thinking the characters from the receptionist room and everything else from all the dead people sees them as dead people. And I right. think this actually shows their true form on what they actually look like during that seance and everything because of how long they've been dead, even though they don't give us a time frame on how long they've been dead or anything like that. I just feel like that's the logical explanation that I could think of. Right. But they make it look like it's happening right that second, you know, that it's not right. something from the effects of them being dead or how long they've been dead. Right. And uh, I think that's the logical explanation, to be honest. But, you know, I think, and then, I'll, of course, we also talked about how Beetlejuice comes out of the, comes out of the model and stuff like that. We also talked about Arthur losing his clothes. And then we also talked, we touched on uh, another thing about the wedding, of course. And then, you know, we also talked about the ring with the thing, with Beetlejuice taking off the, uh, the ring off this dead person's finger. And mm -hmm. then. Then of course that's when, uh, when Barbara comes in after a little bit afterwards, I think, on the sandworm eating Beetlejuice, and that's causing the floor to open up. And then that's when she go, uh, she go, Beetlejuice is swallowed up, and he goes into the hole. And then after that, we wind up seeing Lydia back at school, and the Catholic school. And then after that, we wind up seeing her dancing to I forgot what the name of that song is. All I know is, is like Shake Shinoda, Shake Shinoda. Uh, I don't know the name of that song, <laughs> but I just thought that that last part was actually pretty funny, though. To be I honest, thought it, I thought it was kind of like towards the end, even though she's supposed to be so dark mm -hmm. and everything, she is actually happy in the end. Right. Okay, I think I can hear you now. Oh. But uh, yeah. So basically, Brandy and I were talking about like the ending of it, how Lydia is now happy because of the fact that mm -hmm. she now knows that life is worth living, but not only that, but I feel like too <clears throat> that her parents are accepting her for who she is <clears throat> rather than changing her. And yes, Taki Chan, Jump in the Line is actually the name of the song that's played at the very end. <laughs> but what are your thoughts on on that right. on that scene though? After all the events that happened, mm. 
I, f I feel like it, um, it, it kind of makes sense the way they ended it, honestly. The, mm -hmm. I find it peculiar that her parents at the very end weren't there. But other than that, I think the ending was very well matched to the rest of the movie. I think so, too. And then jump in the line. And then, of course, you know, the parents are a lot more accepting, like I said, with with her being who she is and also being comfortable in her own skin. And then also too, you have Beetlejuice waiting on the couch and everything waiting to take a number to be seen by the receptionist. And then of course, you know, we wind up seeing the shrunken head guy and then we've seen the bird guy again. And then we also see this voodoo doctor and, he, and then he goes, Hey, look, Elvis over there. And the next thing you know it, he winds up switching the tickets out. Then the shrunken head of the voodoo witch winds up shrinking that person's head <coughs> and everything. But, you know, I thought the special effects for that scene was actually pretty funny. I thought it was kind of a weird twist that even though the parents right. were talking about making a profit and everything, right, they right. actually decided to stay in the house. Right. That's also another thing, too. They decided to stay in the house rather than make a profit off the house. Off of the day. Oh, they were. Like they really were. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah. So as far as final thoughts and everything, what does our? Uh, I'm gonna let uh, Brandy go first. Uh, well, Ash go first, and then Brandy. Mm-hmm. It's gonna take a minute. Okay. Uh, so, what about you? What's your final thoughts, babe? To me, it's um, one of the most hot classic movies Overall, that I've seen. I think that it was a it was a good movie, very funny. Um, there was minor in, inconsistencies, but there's definitely uh, movies that have much worse inconsistencies that I actually like. So I can't complain too much, I suppose. But overall, it's a great movie, and I love it. Okay. What about you, Ben? To me, it was one of the, one of my most favorite classics to watch over and over. I can't tell you how many times I I watched it the first I'd say two years it was out, and you know it, the dark humor was what I loved about it. You know, mm -hmm. and it was kind of one of those movies you never really get tired of watching it, no matter how many times you've seen it. Right. I do love the dark, dark humor when it comes down to this film. The dark humor works for me. Taki Chan says the ending was her favorite part as well. Uh, everything about this movie is well balanced. Yeah, there's some um, inaccuracies here and there and stuff like that. But it's a good popcorn film where you can shove popcorn in your face turn your uh, and also turn your brain off for about an hour and watch some good Beetlejuice stuff. And then, of course... I remember watching the cartoon growing up and things like that. And I also remember the Burger King uh, Happy Meals that I grew up on and everything and had some Beetlejuice toys, the nostalgia factor with it. You know, this movie's just fun and entertaining. I feel like if they made this movie now, I don't like if they made a part two, because there was actually rumors a while back that they were going to make a part two. I feel like, you know, you don't need to have a part two if they're going to do it. 
or anything like that because I think it's perfect the way it is just having a one-off rather than have several other Beetlejuice films. That's just my personal opinion on it and stuff like that because we've seen where movies are very missed whenever it comes down to over 30 years of a movie being made and it just falls flat. Perfect example. Yep. I perfect agree, example. Yeah. Sorry. No, 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 it's okay. No, perfect example is Zoolander. Zoolander 2 with... Uh, and everything. Everybody thought that movie was going to be hilarious, just like the first movie, and it had this cult following, and then all of a sudden just falls flat on his face because, in fact, it's been over 20 years since we saw Zoolander and everything. And yes, Space Jam 2 is also another prime example of that as well. So yes. So having this out over 30 plus years and everything, no, we don't need another one. My my wonder is if if there was a part two, could it even measure up to the original without being a disappointment? My thing is this: I feel like it's very hard to measure up to the original because it was so unique in its own way. To the point where I don't they do a lot of callbacks, a lot of nostalgia, and it'll just become like a movie with nostalgia factor versus a plot. And everything. And I don't want it to be like, oh, look at this. This scene was because of this scene. This scene was because of this. If I wanted a sequel, I wanted to stand on its own without having to relate on anything from the previous movie. Or anything other than the fact that it might involve Lydia's Lydia's a parent and everything. And now we're now she now her kids are going through what she went through. Absolutely. And she's actually mm-hmm. that's what I would like to see. I would like to see a Lydia story. And I would actually let Netflix make a TV series out of it versus doing a movie. And I think have a series like a would be better too. Matter yeah. of fact, there was a, if you remember, there was an animated series of Beetlejuice yep. a few years back. Yeah, back in the 90s. I, that's actually the show that I grew up on. I grew mm-hmm. up on the ni- 1990s uh, Beetlejuice. Oh, and if you haven't heard, this is going to be a sequel to Turner and Hooch. I thought that was all. I thought that the Tuner and Hooch thing was just a Disney Plus series. Mm. I don't know, but yeah. I think that's just weird. <laughs> yeah, it was a Disney Plus series um, that we they're really doing don't. with that one. Yeah, they. Uh, I don't want. I don't want anything to touch this at all. To be honest with you, <laughs> but. <laughs> As far as uh, this review goes and everything, this has been fun. It's just fun talking about Beetlejuice. It's fun to go down memory lane when it comes down to this movie and everything. I had a blast. Uh, I just want to say thank you guys for joining me for this as well. I do appreciate that a lot. Um, So anyways, with that being said, that's going to be it as far as the show goes and everything. But uh, hold on one second. Just prepare not too long ago. On, yeah, Turner Hooch just pre- uh, premiered not too long ago on Disney Plus. So it's actually on Disney Plus. If you guys want to guess some Turner and Hooch kind of feel to it and stuff like that, I haven't seen it, but it might be good. It might not. I don't know. But I know I've w- watched all the Mighty Ducks episodes and stuff like that, and that was actually good. So, but anyways, um, so. Anyways, if you guys want to go on ahead and follow me at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite on Facebook and underneath the same name on Instagram and on Pinterest. If you want to donate to the channel, all you have to do is go to gofundme.com forward slash Movie Lovers Unite podcast. 
forward slash donate and donate us uh, five to $10 if you guys can. If you guys can't, I totally understand. I know this pandemic has actually put money and holes in people's pockets. That's okay. A simple like, a simple share goes a long way here at Movie Lovers Unite. So all you have to do is smash that like button, smash that share button, show us some support. Tell us what you guys liked about Beetlejuice. Tell us what you didn't like about Beetlejuice. Just because we liked it doesn't mean that you guys have to like it. Not every movie is going to be for everybody else. Yeah. Another thing, another thing too is go on ahead and follow me on Twitter at Movie Lovers Unit over there. And of course on Stereo. A Movie TV Lovers series Unit. would actually be very good. Yeah, I think so too. I think I'm, I think a uh, TV series would be excellent to be honest with you from Beetlejuice. Uh, then of course, you know, you guys can go on ahead and get an audio only uh, podcast episode for this show and many other things that we do where you guys get your podcast from. Also, too, another thing, too, is go over to Good Pods and rate this episode. Tell us what you think about this episode. Good Pods is a great way if you're listening to the podcast or if you're a podcaster yourself, go on ahead, check out Good Good Pods. And also, too, don't forget to like and subscribe. And also, too, if you got our sponsor and would like to get in touch with us, just email us at movieloversunite at gmail.com. And for all your entertainment needs and wants, just go to movieloversunite.com. And that's all the places that you can reach us at. And tomorrow night, I think weird. we're going to, and tomorrow night, we're going to have Vernon Kelly with us. And we're going to talk Demolition Man. So, with that being said, guys, it's, all, it's been real. It's been fun. Thank you again for joining us. And bye bye. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. This is your host, as always, from Movie Lovers Unite, John DiGorio, and I just want to sit, talk about something real quick, and that is Audible. What is Audible? I'm so glad that you guys asked. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audio books, ranging from bestsellers like Anne Rice, Stephen King, the list just goes on. Their whole entire catalog, when it comes down to audio books, is just fantastic. If you're on on the road and everything and you want an audiobook and you want to download it fast, go ahead, go to Audible. You're not going to regret it. They actually have a trial right now that you guys can actually jump on. You can actually go on ahead, go to the link, and it'll bring you up to that trial. And a matter of fact, every month, members actually get one credit to pick any title plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection and access to daily news digest from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs another thing too guys that's not all they have they also have they also have finish if you actually want to go ahead and do some things to actually better yourself for 2021 they have stuff for that too like finishing more books or becoming a better parent leader or a person how-to books which is something that everybody seems to grab onto a lot lately and everything else. So if you guys are actually looking for something to maybe better yourself for 2021, go on ahead, check out those books as well. They have a big catalog. You guys won't regret it. Go ahead, click on the link below in the description notes. Go on ahead. You guys won't regret it. Sign up for that trial period. And always until next time, stay safe, guys, and enjoy the show. And God bless.